0: At Resurrection Church, we tried to make clear that all of life is worship. Every moment of our lives is lived out before the sight of the Lord, and we worship Him in every act that we take and every breath that we breathe. But when we gather as a church, there's a special gathering as the church assembles in the name of our Lord Jesus and in his power where we gather for corporate worship. Yet even here, we want to be careful to avoid thinking of worship as just the music portion of our worship service, but to include the prayers, the scripture reading, and the preaching. So for that reason, we don't really refer to anybody as the worship leader. However, we have individuals who lead us in music, and we have several individuals who do that every week. Um, Some are singing, some are playing the piano. But lately, one of our members, Ben Maurer, who recently joined us, has been leading music for us. And we're grateful the Maurer family has been led by the Lord to Resurrection Church. Ben is with the podcast, with me on this podcast tonight. So, Ben, thanks for joining me to talk about worship, but most particularly about music. Thanks, Aaron. I'm happy to be here. So, Ben, you are. willing and happy to serve the church in this way. We are thankful for that. I remember the days when I would be leading music, and that was not a great day for our <laughs> church. Um, I'm thankful for the many members you um, put up with my playing guitar and singing or trying to do those things, at least. But we're grateful that you've come and you're willing to serve in this way.
1: Well, it's been a joy, and I I have been there when you have led, and I was very uh, very ministered to you by that. So I think you're you're selling yourself a little bit short. But, uh, <laughs> it is it is my joy to serve in that way.
0: Mm. Well, I I think that we recognize that every person who leads in an aspect of worship brings all that they are to that moment. Mm. So personality and everything else shines through, and. For some in the church, um, different personalities. With one guy, they're going to really find an attraction to you and an yeah. affinity with. And then with someone else, they might not. And I haven't done a survey of the members in our church, and I haven't asked, you know, for, you know, do individuals really jive with your personality or not? Sure. <laughs> um, but I think we're all thankful that you you've stepped up in this way. Um, so I want to talk with you a little bit about music and yeah. corporate. Worship together in music, uh, and I thought it would be helpful for us to do this as a podcast because you're you're you've been up there multiple Sundays in a row, so it might be good for the church at large for whoever from our church listens to this podcast to hear from you a little bit more about the way that you're looking at music. Sure, um, but I want to start by asking why should we include music in our corporate worship gatherings? Mm, that's
1: a great question. Um. And, and I think a necessary question because there there have been periods of time in the history of the church, and and even I mean still today denominations that don't use music as a part of their worship service. Um, they they might chant the psalms or or just not include that. So um, I think it's a really fair question. That being said, it, it has been the historic practice of the church to include music mm-hmm. more than it has not. Um, so I think right from the bat, there's there's a way we can answer that question of, because we always have, right? Yeah. Um, you can look back at the Song of Moses, right, after the the Israelites are, are delivered from Egypt mm-hmm. through the Red Sea. How do, how do God's people respond to their deliverance in song? Um, so there's there's a model for us in Scripture. But I think you can also look at um, the teaching of um, the Apostle Paul in Colossians 3, of that we're to... Teach one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So there's a there's an element in which part of the way that we instruct and and grow together in our Christian walk is is through music. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, e- Ephesians four. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Teaching one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. So we have biblical imperative.
1: Yep, exactly. And and to your point, you know, we don't just call worship. Isn't just the singing. It includes preaching, includes prayer, it includes all sorts of things. Similarly, the teaching moment is not simply the preaching moment. The mm-hmm. preaching moment is the most direct and clear teaching moment, but um, you know, if we, if we read our Bibles, we see that we're, we're taught and we're formed, as you've been teaching us in, in the Bible class lately on worship, there, there's formative aspects to all that we do, and, and mm-hmm. so music and singing is a part of how we accomplish that as well. But I think that there's there's another reason why singing is valuable in the church. And it has to do with, um, if I can uh, wax philosophical for a mm-hmm. moment, the idea of aesthetics. Um, yeah. Aesthetics being the study of beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, if we look at the world around us, I think it's clear that our God is a God who appreciates beauty he's the source of beauty he's the mm-hmm. one who made all around us and the world is a a beautiful place in many ways and um there's there's this idea that truth is is what is beautiful right mm-hmm. in, in the the study of aesthetics there's all sorts of formulations of what is what is beauty right um, the Greeks tried to answer that. People have been trying to argue about that. And I think as, as Christians, we can answer that question, that um, foundationally, God is is what is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then by extension, that which reveals God in, in a true way is beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when When God created the heavens and the earth, when God created man, when God created everything, he looked on it and saw that it was good, and I think you can you can understand that as well as that it was beautiful, mm-hmm. um, and so there, there's a degree to which we're created to engage with the world around us in an appreciation of its beauty, as that relates to and points us to God. Um, and so when we when we gather together, as we said, there's there's a there are traditions we can look to where music isn't included, where um, truth, amazing and wonderful truth, is is spoken and and engaged with, and we can we can quote the psalms that say, "How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty? My soul longs and even faints for you." And that's true, and that's good, and that builds us up. And you know, my heart is is engaged with that. And my mind is edified by that. But there's also a way in which as we as we think on those words, there's a difference between me just saying that right now mm-hmm. and me gathering with other people and singing those words and singing, How lovely is your dwelling place. Mm-hmm. And and that melody serves the words. Yeah and helps us to slow down and consider the words and the beauty that we are experiencing both in the lyric from a, from a kind of a more of a rational standpoint, if you will, as well as with that melody from, from a more, um, we'll, we'll say from a, 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 for lack of a better term, a more emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. When those two combine, it allows us to engage with that truth in a different way. Mm hmm that that serves us and, and opens our, our hearts and our minds to engage with truth in not simply in a rational way or an emotional way, but in a unified way.
0: Yeah. In, in a couple of weeks, there's a podcast episode dropping uh, where I interview um, Emily Saxon on cr- classical education, mm. and and we'll talk about the good, the true, and the beautiful and as we read the text of scripture, it's very clear that Jesus is the good. You know, mm-hmm. when, he, when he talks about uh, or talks with the rich young ruler yeah. and, and says, the only one who is good is God. And, and Jesus, of course, is God. And Jesus declares that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And interestingly, in the New Testament, there's an absence of a declaration that he is also the beautiful. But I think as we reflect theologically on the text, Jesus yeah. is the beautiful one. And I think we can filter music in in those categories as well. Yeah. And if we think of the good as, as that which produces flourishing and in life, in these sorts of things, we we recognize music can be a means towards that end. And mm-hmm. even as we look at the Old Testament text, um, we we can see the way that David's music that he played for Saul sometimes calmed his spirit, com- sometimes provoked his spirit. Right. Um, but then, even in our modern literature, we think of the the goodness of music that brings forth life. As we read things like the Chronicles of Narnia, which I re- I feel like I reference every other week, <laughs> um, where where Aslan sings sings the world into yeah. existence. So so I think we can assume the good there and, and recognize music can be used towards the good, the flourishing, uh, but only in as much as it's true and beautiful. Yeah, I think where it's true only and not beautiful, it, it perhaps nudges that direction, but not fully and where it's beautiful but not true, uh, perhaps even less so. And and you're leaning a little bit into the beautiful, but I I want us to talk about both the true and the beautiful and how these can come together. And I I want maybe a little bit for you to talk about how personality plays into that, but Mm. maybe we attribute too much to personality at the neglect of the union of the true and the beautiful.
1: Yeah. Well, if I could back up for just a second, um, you, you said... You know, maybe I'm leaning more into the beautiful than the true, and I, I would, I would say, I think there's a way in which that, that I can understand what you're saying, but mm-hmm. I think that, for, you know, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm speaking too personally here, but it's hard to separate truth and beauty. You yeah. know, like and, and you can't because that are, are, is
0: it beautiful if it's not true? No. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, as soon as you isolate one of these transcendentals from the other, right. it diminishes it. Exactly. Um, so yeah. So and can it be
1: true if it's not beautiful, e- right? Exactly. Like we, we want we want to dichotomize these types of things, but they're they're just they're unions. Yes. Um But you asked about personality and how yeah. that how that plays into um worship and specifically in music and and, in service of kind of an aesthetic of, of worship. Um, Yeah. I think that part of it is, is it's, it's an image bearing reality. Mm -hmm. Um, God is, God is the Mm -hmm. ultimate creator. And and when we talk about beauty, um, we're, we're talking about, things that are, are creatively expressive, right? You know, yeah. we describe um, works of art as beautiful, and there's there's creators that we can look to who have made those things. They're, they're expressions mm-hmm. of their creative um, passions, so to speak. And so all of us are, are expressions of God's creative power and His, his ability to, to create that which is, you're saying, true and beautiful, um, corrupted though it may be, this side of glory. But for those of us who are in Christ, being renewed day by day. Um, and so there's a degree to which, for all of us, as we we sing and as we gather together, you know, we're talking about Ephesians, as we we gather together, each of us living stones in the temple. As we join our voices together, as we join our personalities together, as we join our voices and our our experiences, and all of the things that make us us Mm -hmm. together to unify, to sing a united truth to and about God and to one another. There's a very powerful reality at work, Mm -hmm. which is that our individuality as, as individual creatures who are created in God's image is both celebrated in a sense because we're coming together, but it's also subsumed in a sense in this Mm -hmm. corporate identity. Um, And we can make all sorts of, you know, connections to that in, in, in the Trinity, um, all over scripture, really. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that's what you're getting yeah, at with I, that question. <laughs> yeah, I, I
0: like that you're connecting the the truth and the beauty, not really to someone's individual personality, but recognizing this this transports all the way back to the core of our identity as image bearers. Yeah. And that identity is one where it is truly individual, but really God created them in the yeah. image of God. And and so there's a sense in which our personalities might influence the way we lead music or even the way we sing music right. and posture ourselves in our singing of music but that that becomes subsumed under our larger identity as image bearers and then more particularly under our identity as is the chosen people of god yeah. in the local assembly
1: and we can drill this down really really far right like i mean i'm a, i'm a pretty expressive person you mm-hmm. know <laughs> I'm pretty sure after me leading for a few weeks, everybody is very aware of that. Um, and not everyone's like that. Mm-hmm. And and there are times when I will be in service in a moment of song, and I'll out of the corner of my eye, I see a brother or a sister who isn't being crazy expressive. Mm-hmm. But it's evident that they are they are singing this truth in a way that is profoundly connected to who they are and and they're experiencing God in that moment in a very beautiful way. And that encourages me and that builds mm-hmm. me up and that speaks to me. And, you know, Lord willing, there are times when I, in my more expressive mm-hmm. manner, um, maybe am, am providing that moment for somebody else. We're kind of, as, as individuals, we're bound to who we are, but as members of the church, we're we're given this gift of being able to be joined together in a in a true community mm-hmm. um, and in a sense experience all sorts of different ways of experiencing God that wouldn't necessarily be the way that we would experience God, yeah. but we can appreciate and be encouraged by that um, and again all, all of that inspired by the 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 truth and the beauty that is available to us. Not simply in propositional truths, mm-hmm. but also in in works of poetry and music and and sometimes even visual arts. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that if you look at the history of the church, so much of the amazing artwork that we see in our museums is is not inspired by pure imagination. It's inspired mm-hmm. by um, religious truth.
0: yeah, i I think that's right. And I think, as we gather as a church and we look across the congregation and see people expressing themselves in different ways or perhaps not expressing themselves <laughs> very clearly, um, we're, we're reminded that we're not just individuals. It's yeah. not the Lone Ranger, me and Jesus worshiping, but we're, we're brought together and we— Do express ourselves in different ways. And I think even you and I are slightly different in the way that we express ourselves. And and that's one of the reasons I like that you're talking about music as with the aesthetic or the beauty piece, is because we can start to see the congregation not as isolated individuals who who just happen to be in the same room, but really a collective painting declaring the beauty of the gathered assembly and you have some brighter splashing colors and you have some of the darker contrasting features. Right. But all come together to create a picture that's larger than the individual. Exactly, and I and I think all beauty is that way, and all art is that way, and music is that way. It transcends the individual to show something greater and bigger and larger, and it's a gesture towards the greater, larger, bigger creating God yeah. who made image bearers to to be echoes of His original creative work.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and as you 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 know verbally painted that picture, you know, we can, we can do that with music too. Like, you know, it's not just colors, but it's also tones, right? Mm -hmm. Like the church is a song of praise to God. And that's true. Not only of our personalities, like some, some people's tones may be brighter or more somber than others, but also, you know, our lives are not static. Mm -hmm. You know, we go through seasons of major and minor tones and that's the beauty of the church again, is that we gather together not only with our personalities, but also with the experiences, the things that we are called to walk through. Mm -hmm. And we gather together in that moment and we sing songs of praise to our father coming from all sorts of different places, Mm -hmm. Um, places of joy and places of sorrow and places of victory and places of, you know, personal defeats and, Mm -hmm. and anguish and, as we do that, there is there's a beauty, just the same as if you listen to an amazing piece of music that takes you on a journey. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've we've all experienced that, whether you know, that's a piece of classical music or you know, maybe a really amazing and virtuosic piece of metal music, <laughs> you know, people have different tastes, that's fine. But it, it's that contrast and it but that contrast forming a unity that affects our hearts. Mm-hmm. And again, it's because it speaks to a truth, but not in a, like we've said, a, a propositional kind of way, mm-hmm. but in a a more um a, a, a more raw way mm-hmm. um that serves, you know, like we've said, this is a unity. It's not something that we can kind of pick apart yeah. and say, well, this is the true part and this is the aesthetic part. Like mm-hmm. it it it's both. Yeah,
0: there's there's a wedding of gut-level truth yeah. and intellectual-level truth. And and I think what you're saying is helpful because it's a, a good reminder that we need to be able to be a church that sings songs that aren't just in one key. Yeah. They're not just in the key of happiness and i i know ben you're not picking the songs josh picks the songs as he, he structures these services and he does so in a way that tries to reflect the the arc of the redemptive historical narrative yes and in doing so hopefully and of course some weeks will be more you know tied into this than others but hopefully expresses the range of awe and yeah. mourning and sorrow and Joy and gratitude because we want to we want to be a church where we can where sad Christians can sing and joyful Christians can sing. And even though I might not feel sad in this mournful song, I am going to weep with those who weep. Yeah. And and even though I might be sad on this day and and sorrowful, I will rejoice with those who rejoice. And I think we need to have music that reflects that. Yep and there's a unique calling on those who lead us in in the music to embody those things and yeah. to guide us in it. So I th- I think it, um it might be helpful for you to talk a little bit about the calling of individuals who lead us in worship music and and I think one of those callings is to weep and to rejoice mm. even when that person isn't feeling like it. Yeah. And and then adding to that carrying on this idea of the beauty that transcends the individual to to where it's not a performance and leading, but right. it's an embodying of these truths and realities, and it's a carrying along of the congregation. So maybe help us understand how you, as someone who's standing before us on Sunday after Sunday, thinks about leading the church yeah. in, in a way that transcends yourself.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, I think one of the things that I often think about um going into sunday it's, it's funny you talked about you know sorrowful and rejoicing is, is when paul talks about you know mm-hmm. we're we're sorrowful yet always rejoicing and that that really is the christian life isn't it mm-hmm. like we're you know we're in this world separate from our savior who whom we long to be with mm-hmm. he's with us but we're not with him right mm-hmm. already not yet um inaugurated not consummated but there's a joy and and so i I think a lot about that um heading into Sunday. I think part of it too is is just slowing down and thinking about what we're singing mm-hmm. um it's not hard I mean all of us have have lived lives here on this earth and we, we all have our experiences of, of brokenness and sorrow, mm-hmm. and we all have our experiences of being freshly made aware of the glory of forgiveness in the gospel and the freedom from shame and um, bondage that is ours in Christ. And so a lot of it just comes down to, as we're singing, really living out what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when I first started leading worship years ago, um, a friend of mine told me, um, you know, we're we're singing really amazing truths, but I wouldn't know it looking at your face. Mm. And that's really stuck with me, both because it was a very mortifyingly embarrassing moment, but also (laughs) because it's true. Um, Oftentimes when we sing we get what I call worship face, which is Mm -hmm. this kind of like furrowed brow, um, you know, kind of like really intense kind of look. And we can be singing like, you know, my chains are gone. I've been set free. And, Mm -hmm. and we look like we're trying to calculate our taxes. And (laughs) it's, it's, I don't think it's because people aren't feeling the truth of that, but it's because we're not, we're not connected to what we're doing in that moment. It's all happening inside. And we're, as you said, it's not its not that we're not having an individual experience with the Lord, but we're doing it as a part of a community. Mm-hmm. And so allowing what you're feeling inside to be reflected in your posture, in your expression, is a way of serving and loving those around you. Mm-hmm. Because maybe someone isn't feeling like their chains are gone and they've been mm-hmm. set free. But as they look at you singing that line and they see the glory reflected on your face of that truth, Mm -hmm. it can encourage them that, no, this is true, even if I don't feel it. Mm -hmm. And conversely, if, if we're singing, you know, it is well with my soul, and we're singing that from a place where that's truly all we can say, and someone's coming in they're feeling kind of apathetic and you know whatever like it was a fine week and i know i've had that experience where i'm 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 not really connected to what's going on whatever like my kids were being crazy on the way to church and i'm distracted and i i look over and i see a brother or sister and i can see in how they're holding their body and how their face is expressing that they are with white knuckles holding on to Christ as their only hope in that moment. Yeah. It allows me to enter into that moment recognizing mm-hmm. my actual position. Yeah. Which is that Jesus is my only hope. Whether I'm feeling that in that moment or not, it's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I think in those moments the um, secular godless band culture fate of performance fades away in right. obedience to the command to sing to one another. Yes, shines forward, and we start to understand why Paul would command for Christians to sing to to one another. Yes, and not just to sing to the Lord, though we do that. Mm-hmm. But there's a way in which we fulfill our church covenant and our responsibility to shepherd one another, whether you're on the platform leading or in the congregation singing, where where we tap into all that we've experienced in the week and all that we know to be true that might not jive with our experience but sometimes may jive with our experience yep. and and we declare with our mouths and with our faces whether we have great faces or great singing voices <laughs> or not the these truths that yeah. that have been orchestrated to declare the gospel
1: yep and that that's why you know when we when we talk about music specifically on a sunday morning cuz everything i've set up to this point could be done completely a cappella right mm-hmm. like we could just do this stuff with no accompaniment and that could that could potentially work but that's where the instrumentation comes in as a vehicle mm-hmm. um there, there's something in the way that god created us and i don't pretend to you know understand that mechanistically i am i am neither a psychiatrist nor a biologist so i i'm not going to try and tell you why it is that way um but we respond to music mm-hmm. and um you know we respond to, to music generally but we respond more to music that's done well yeah. um and so that's where you know the idea of undistracting excellence—that we don't want the music to be somehow distracting either in it, its lack of quality or its overabundance of mm-hmm. performance. Yep. Um, we want the music to serve the congregation um, by providing that melody, by providing that harmony, by providing the that that rhythm that allows our our hearts and our minds to kind of meet in this this as you said transcendental place that goes beyond where we are in that moment what we're experiencing in that moment and allows us to be united in a moment together before our creator and so you know we we never want the, the 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 band to be something where like you know oh well you know you're not good enough and so we're kicking you off because we're mm-hmm. really amazing musicians or um you know we're going to sit up here and do a 15 minute guitar solo like that's not what yeah. it's about but we want to continue to strive to grow because there's also an element for those of us who are musicians, where what we're doing is also an offering to the Lord and a vehicle, mm-hmm. as we've said, for the congregation to be united in that moment. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a, there's a very important part that that plays. And it it's kind of like, um, you know, I did sound for a number of years too. Like when the sound guy's doing his job well, nobody notices him, but when mm-hmm. he doesn't, every head turns and yeah. it's the worst thing in the world. Um, when the band is working well it's it should be the same thing like nobody should really notice it but we all experience the benefit of it
0: yeah and that and that's our philosophy of music here resurrection is whatever musical instrumentation is incorporated into the service it's meant to facilitate the voice of the congregation yeah and um there, there are some songs that would commend the box drum and the guitar and the piano all playing together and there are other songs that would not commend that yep. and and we don't want to um in in our church have have the sort of culture that's developed where there are the professionals on the stage right. and then no one in the congregation is singing right we, we would much rather have no one on the stage and everyone yes. singing but but what we've come to find is that really everyone sings better when there are some people up on the platform who, who are leading. And, and we're grateful that you've um, taken on that responsibility along with so many others in the church. Um, but as, as we conclude this episode, we could talk about so much related to <laughs> corporate singing. Um, I, I want to put you on the spot a little bit. Like and, you haven't already. Like I haven't already. <laughs> um, and talk about a thing that is sometimes problematic. Sure. And it shows up in particular with music teams at a church. And, and that's where prayers... At any point in the service, become a cover for transitional placement, <laughs> and um, I, I'm putting you on the spot because a a member recently asked me about this after a yes. service, um, where I think I don't know I don't know the exact details because I was a. Thinking about other things, but I think it was at the end of the sermon. There was a prayer, and then music team converges to do the the closing song. And there's all this distraction as people are moving, and it's almost like the prayer becomes a um, transition point. Sure. How how should we as Christians, but then our church, from your perspective, is um, is a member of the church and someone involved with this, be be considering the pet the prayers. And how how can we not turn those into just transition times, but then also recognize that transitions have to happen right. at some point to to keep things going?
1: Yeah, um, I think that the the. I think there's a lot of things you could say about yeah, that. And, I'll try and you and keep don't it even brief. have
0: to have anything, yeah. Because I'm majorly putting you. No, on the spot No, no.
1: I I have thoughts. I think you know me well enough to know yeah. that. If you ask me a question, I'm gonna have thoughts. It's just a matter of how well thought out they are. Yep. Um, but <laughs> I think the important thing to 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 keep in mind with that kind of thing is is that um, one, I don't think anybody involved in our our services on a sunday morning is is thinking about things in that way so um from a from an elder perspective or from a a band perspective nobody's like oh well we got to cover this transition so let's do a quick prayer mm-hmm. um so i i don't think that's the spirit in which any of that is done um and i think it's important to recognize like there, there's always going to be opportunities for distraction in the logistical realities of doing a, a united project, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we gather on a Sunday morning, we're many people coming together for a single purpose. And some of us have children, and some of us uh, might be snick and sick and might sneeze. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a baby might cry. Someone might need to get up and use the restroom. Like there's going to be opportunities for distraction. Um, yep. And it's, it's, well, that can be... Disruptive at times, I, I think I would just always think about, like, those are, especially in a moment of prayer, like, if you find yourself distracted by something, like, pray for that person or pray for mm-hmm. that thing. Um, pray that nobody else would be distracted yeah. um, because th- there's just going to be distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't have to be disruptive.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, on the one hand, we could say... Um, As soon as someone is praying, nobody should move. And, and there should be no movement on the platform or anything like that. And I understand that impulse, and I, I think uh, there's there's something right about that. Sure. It's it's recognizing the sincerity of prayer. But then on the other hand, I think we look at our whole service, and every moment is a prayer. Right. Every every word we sing is a prayer, in the preaching is a prayer. It's that and, concept of quorum Deo. Yeah, it's, it's all e- done before the face of everything God. Everything before the face of God, and... I I try to imagine sometimes what the Old Testament sacrifice rituals would look like. And and I just know there were a hundred moving parts. And And they were loud and and and, visceral. And we would not accuse one of the priests who's running to go grab an extra basin of not honoring the sacrifice that was taking place or not being involved in the right way. So I, I think on the one hand, we want to make sure we avoid... Turning prayers into just a transitional moment. Absolutely. But we also recognize that that's a convenient moment to transition, and and so things happen during that time. And as much as we can, um, you know, put put the distraction down. That that's good. One of the ways we do that, I think, is we follow the traditional Christian practice of generally closing our eyes when we pray, right. and and that's a a gesture towards saying there are other things going on. Some that should happen, some that maybe shouldn't. But I'm I'm going to pray, and I think you're right. When we get distracted, we we just pray all the harder. Yeah. And 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 try to focus our attention all the more. But Ben, it's been delightful to talk to you about music in the church together, and I'm excited. I I know you like to. Uh, do podcasts. And I've been looking for someone to join me more regularly (laughs) so I don't have to bore people by just me talking about certain things. So thanks for jumping on the podcast today to talk about corporate worship music together.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: We're grateful to gather every Sunday as the Lord allows. And we try to focus our our gatherings together in an embodied way. But we also seek to have the recordings of our sermons and other gatherings put on our website for those who miss those Sundays or for those who are investigating our church as they seek to to join with the local congregation. So we would invite you to learn more about our church at www.resurrectionmn.org.